You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's show, our fantasy guru, Andy Rio, makes his weekly stop, and one of the Texans rookies is back practicing for the first time in weeks. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Thanks for diving into Locked On Texans, your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. The big news out of Texans camp, the return of Kiki Cutie. It was uh, him out at practice running routes again, so the slot... Receiver position just got very crowded with just nine days until the Texans have to make their cut. So uh, good news uh, there. Now let's bring in our fantasy guru, Andy Rio, and his two decades covering fantasy football for various websites. And he's also contributing a story to LockedOnTexans.com on a weekly basis. So check it out on our website. Andy, I didn't really think there was much Deshaun Watson could do to improve from his rookie season, but if there was one thing, that needed a bit of tweaking. It was decision-making, as in reading defenses, getting rid of the ball quicker. Well, it's just one preseason game, but, man, he looked way better, didn't he? Oh, definitely. It was nice to see him for a much longer appearance than we did against Kansas City. Uh, As I detailed in my article, uh, he's going to be a very polarizing fantasy player this year. The weight-on-a-quarterback crowd Certainly doesn't want to take him too early, but you kind of come to a point where he just may be the best player available and you have to pull the trigger on it. Adrian Peterson and Josh Gordon are back on NFL rosters. What do you do with those two from a fantasy draft perspective? Well, as I mentioned in my article, um, you know, there are many different types of fantasy owners and a lot of leagues seem to have at least one owner that will name pick players based on name recognition. So the name Adrian Peterson is going to stand out to them more than some of the unknown sleepers out there. I would personally be glad to let that particular owner take Adrian Peterson. I mean, I have tons of respect for Adrian Peterson's overall career accomplishments. Hall of Famer without a doubt He certainly helped me win some fantasy titles uh, back in his prime. But uh, at this point, as the saying goes, Father Time is undefeated. He's kind of hanging on by a thread. It's a very crowded backfield in Washington. He signed a league minimum contract. There's even a chance he might not even make the team. I think that's I think they'll probably at least keep him around. But by the same token, I just. I don't see a return to glory for Adrian in our nation's capital. The problem with him really is that he was a great running back, but he never had to deal with stuff like special teams. And if you're going to be a backup or a third string running back in the NFL, Andy, that's part of the deal, right? Exactly. Yeah, they, they definitely, we've seen instances in the past where teams might have, uh, let's say four running backs active on game day and maybe there's an inactive guy who is a better runner than somebody who's active, but they need the special teams help. Or maybe in some cases, you know, certain backs that are better in pass protection and pass receiving are active. I mean, that's never been a gigantic strength of Peterson's. It's not a horrible weakness, I think. I can certainly recall in his first game, he took a long pass uh, to the house uh, way back in 2007 uh, with Minnesota. 
But yeah, I just I'm kind of shying away from Adrian Peterson. You follow the Browns as closely as anybody. Josh Gordon, he's just not somebody you can roll the dice on, I would guess. At a point in a draft, maybe. I just I don't want to spend a heavy premium pick on a guy who could easily disappear again. I mean, we've seen this act many times before with Gordon. He was so great in 2013. But as I mentioned in my article, he was kind of uneven to some degree in his limited appearances last year and then back in 2014. It's a better situation overall for him because, in theory, the quarterbacking should be better in Cleveland. But there's also other mouths to feed on that offense. Jarvis Landry is a safer pick uh, in many ways. And, and of course, we've mentioned before David Njoku, the tight end, has promised. So... I wouldn't race to get Josh Gordon either. I know that it's important to get guys that can carry your team and that can be uh, special players. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta have a balance. You gotta have your safe guys, and I just don't really consider him to be the safest prospect out there. What should a fantasy owner do when considering drafting a Miami Dolphins offensive player, or should they even consider it with the quarterback situation that they've got? Well, I don't think Tannehill is really the biggest problem in Miami by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, he's been a competent starting quarterback. He's not a superstar. He's certainly no Dan Marino or Bob Greasy, if you're talking about the history of Miami quarterbacks. But but his problem is the supporting cast. I mean, they let Jarvis Landry get away. I think that was a bad move. They signed Albert Wilson what can you recall him ever doing of note in Kansas City? Pretty much nothing. Kenny Stills is okay. He's more or less a guy who's a fine number two or three receiver. He's probably going to have to be number one in Miami by default, especially since Devontae Parker has been such a disappointment and just keeps uh, on a downward trend. Mike Gusecki, the rookie tight end out of Penn State, he looks kind of interesting but hard to really bank on the guy. Uh, the, the player I would love to draft on Miami in theory is running back Kenyon Drake. He's easily the best offensive player on that roster, but uh, the crazy Dolphins seem to be inclined to form a committee with him and Frank Gore. Love Frank Gore. He's been an awesome player for so many years, but he is on the back nine. He's probably on the 18th round at this point. And I just don't understand why you would take the ball out of the hands of your best playmaker, but Miami looks poised to do that. I would still be glad to take a shot on Drake, but just beware. He's one of those guys that you're going to probably be potentially cursing out the coaching staff because he didn't get enough carries on a certain week. Yeah, the Dolphins, it's really amazing because, you know, when you and I grew up, Andy, they were such the team year in and year out that, they were interesting. They were fun to watch. They had players. They were competing every year. And they're just, they haven't been exciting, it seems like, for a couple of decades. Uh, let me ask you about some of the other uh, AFC East others, I, I call them. In other words, anybody besides the Patriots. But first, let me just remind our listeners real quick that if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, tell your Texans friends. Hey, tell them uh, they can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes, most anywhere you're going to find your favorite podcast. And do us a favor, share the links to our show with your social media followers uh, so we can bring more people to the party. We also want you to be a part of the conversation. So email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments. That's LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. 
So Andy, Buffalo QB A.J. McCarron had a minor shoulder injury opening the door wide open for Josh Allen to be the opening day starter. I watched some of the Bills' second uh, preseason game. Was more impressed with Allen than I thought. What did you think, and, and what should fantasy owners do with Josh Allen's supporting cast? Well, so far, I think Allen has looked good, and he was the quarterback that uh, got more uh, harsh criticism than any of the other quarterbacks, really, in this year's uh, draft. But that Buffalo supporting cast is bad. Um, you know, Kelvin Benjamin right now is the number one wide receiver. Not really wild about that. Charles Clay is okay at tight end, but I mean, not a heavyweight at the position. The rest of the receivers, you've got guys like Zay Jones, who was a complete flop as a rookie last year. Corey Coleman, who was a complete flop with the Browns. And then just kind of other assorted players. There's nothing really to get excited about there. I think LaShawn McCoy is a guy that I am just absolutely really don't want to draft this year. He's at the age where things are going to go downhill. Their offensive line is weak. He's got off-the-field issues. You know, Allen may very well turn out to be a good quarterback, but I don't think we're going to see any great fantasy production from him this year with that group. And as I mentioned in my article, I think the most appealing aspect of the Buffalo offense is that they can be targeted by opposing defenses. Uh, The concept of streaming defenses where owners frequently switch out defenses to take advantage of the best matchups. And I mentioned my article, you could conceivably look at that in week four with Green Bay. That's not a defense that's necessarily getting uh, drafted a ton in most leagues. The first three weeks of the season, Buffalo is going to be playing the Chargers, Baltimore, And the Vikings, those are all defenses that will be drafted and are going to be starting more often than not for the non-streamers. So it's, I just think overall it's a very bad team situation in Buffalo. The no thrills bills. I'm going to throw that moniker on him. Uh, You you didn't mention Sam Darnold in your feature this week, but I'm curious, uh, another AFC East quarterback, I'm curious if he's starting to intrigue you from the glowing reports he's gotten. Uh, If he's good, he's got weapons, right? Could he be a steal for for owners out there? Well, he's probably got a little bit better group overall in some ways than uh, Allen does. I mean, Robbie Anderson definitely established himself as a deep threat last year. But overall, I, I don't think there's enough weapons there to really make Darnold all that appealing. Certainly, in most leagues, he's going to go undrafted. You could always look at him as a free agent in the right situation down the line. But Yeah, just looking at the Texans from last year, I mean, we all know Deshaun Watson was phenomenal, but it really helps when you can actually start with DeAndre Hopkins. We've seen this before with other rookie quarterbacks. Andrew Luck's first season, they still had Reggie Wayne. Cam Newton's first season, they had Steve Smith. There's not really anybody like that for New York. Uh, As I mentioned, Robbie Anderson was good last year, but I don't put him quite in the same league as the, as the heavyweight receivers I just mentioned. Let's keep the young quarterbacks theme going. Uh, the Bears had a brand new quarterback uh, added this offseason. Well, sort of Mitchell Trubisky. He's the player to be renamed later. Andy, don't know if anybody noticed, but Mitch is now Mitchell. Andy, I'm not sure has the same ring to it as, as Mitch Trubisky. I like the ring of Mitch Trubisky a little bit more. Well, whatever you want to call him, I definitely think he's going to take a step forward this year, both in reality and fantasy. Uh, The Bears uh, did a good job of upgrading 
the weapons around their quarterback. Uh, one person I singled out in my article, of course, was tight end Trey Burton. Uh, Burton is a guy who uh, he was stuck behind Zach Ertz in Philadelphia, one of the best tight ends in the league, of course. But uh, every time he was on the field, it seems he was impressing. Uh, late last year against Los Angeles, the Rams, that is, not the Chargers, he hauled in uh, two touchdown receptions. And their new coach, Matt Nagy, of course, comes into the Bears from Kansas City. And we all saw Travis Kelsey emerge as one of the best tight ends for the Chiefs. And Burton, last weekend, uh, his ADP, or average draft position as we call it, jumped uh, higher as he hauled in four passes for 45 yards and a touchdown. Some are even going as far as saying Burton could be the number one receiver for Chicago. So when you look at that, at what would now be an, eight round, an eighth round price on fantasy football calculator, that's a pretty good bargain. They also signed uh, Allen Robinson. Texans fans would remember him from his days with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Taylor Gabriel, a speedster, used to be with Atlanta. They also drafted a promising rookie out of Memphis, Anthony Miller. Uh, we think that running back Tariq Cohen, who flashed uh, some big play potential at times last year, probably will be used better by this coaching staff. And, of course, Jordan Howard provides a steady between-the-tackles ground threat. He had over 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns last year. So I'm certainly not going to go out and draft Trubisky as my starting quarterback but he's certainly become more interesting as a number two quarterback and certainly somebody that you probably could start if you're in a mandatory two quarterback league. Yeah, Trey Burton's a name that we were shouting on the hills for in free agency for the Texans because obviously they didn't have anybody at tight end basically uh, going into the draft, but uh, didn't happen with the Texans. So I'll be interested to see what he does in Chicago with Trubisky. I understand there's a barber you like in Tampa, but his first name is not Rondé. <laughs> no, that would be uh, Peyton Barber. Um, I'm not so sure if I'm like wowed by Peyton Barber, but at this point in time, he is the starting running back for the Bucks. Uh, rookie Ronald Jones is disappointed. Uh, Barber uh, did close last year strong. He had uh, almost 100 total yards and a touchdown when the Buccaneers uh, upset New Orleans in the final week of the season. As I alluded to in my article, the Buccaneers do have an uncertain quarterback situation to some degree. Jameis Winston will be suspended the first three games of the season. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think, is one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL, former Texan, of course. But it's entirely possible they may lean more on their running game while Jameis is out. Uh, very daunting matchups to start the season for Tampa Bay. They have New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. But as I mentioned in the article, if he can uh, garner enough volume, he's probably going to produce some passable numbers. Uh, his ADP uh, at Fantasy Football Calculator was in the ninth round, and that's certainly not a bad place to gamble on a running back. We'll see. Jones could easily uh, get his act together, and they'll probably give some work to Jaquiz Rogers. But... Uh, you know, right now, I mean, why not? He's worth a shot at the right price. Next up, I hear there's a new gem for Ben Roethlisberger to throw to because it always seems like there's a new one. But before we get to that, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to check out more shows from our Locked On Network, go to LockedOnSports.com, our Locked On Network website. We just launched the college channel for Locked On Podcast, for our Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a fan of Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Oklahoma, Baylor, Penn State, Oregon, or BYU. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and follow for free. We're going to be adding these 
uh, continually as we go along. So I'll try to keep you updated with that. The Lockdown Network is up to 2.5 million downloads per month. Again, it's all on LockedOnSports.com. Andy, should we change the spelling of the Pittsburgh Steelers and change Steelers from two E's to an E and an A as they keep stealing good young wide receivers? Yes, uh, they have had a knack uh, for getting wide receivers uh, later than most teams do. Of course, I mentioned uh, in my article, Antonio Brown is one of the best six-round picks in the history of the NFL alongside Tom Brady. Terrell Davis, last year, they got Juju Smith-Schuster late in the second round. Uh, He was a find. He's going to get even better. And last week against uh, Green Bay, James Washington, a second-round pick from Oklahoma State, uh, caught five passes for 114 yards and two touchdowns. And as I talked about in my article, you know, there might be some other teams we could uh, say that's a case of preseason overreaction to jump on his bandwagon. And and he's going to, of course, be behind Brown and Juju in the pecking order there in Pittsburgh. But certainly Washington uh, makes for a later round target that can help out your bench. Uh, You always, at least personally, I always like to get guys on the bench that can always start in an emergency or even start semi-regularly if you have to. And he might be that guy, especially if if injury were to strike uh, either Brown or Juju. Certainly we hope it doesn't. But uh, this is a guy definitely to watch uh, as a later round player. Certainly also uh, helps Roethlisberger, who is drafted uh, kind of on that edge where you're moving between QB1s and QB2s. And certainly, uh, if you're looking to wait on a quarterback and build your roster at other spots, uh, Roethlisberger remains a pretty good target. Three national stories that really caught my attention early in the week. Uh, The Patriots released wide receiver Kenny Britt, although Bill Belichick changes out wide receivers over there like uh, most people change out their underwear. You also have just released Bengals safety George Iloka signs with the Vikings. And the Ravens suspending cornerback Jimmy Smith for four games for domestic violence. Uh, any of these three stories uh, you find interesting? Well, I think the George I. Locust story is actually the most interesting because it's probably in some ways the most surprising. I mean, we've heard about the situation with Jimmy Smith. Kenny Britt has not impressed in a while. And, and I just, I mean, that's a guy that's just really, I think it's, he's probably going to be falling off the face of the NFL earth before too long. But Iloka just adds another strong piece to an already good Minnesota defense. I mean, they are loading up to make a run at the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's a very good signing at this time, uh, just before the season starts. Good stuff, Andy. As always, uh, anything that I've forgotten nationally that uh, is on your mind or anything that you'd like to tell anybody for their fantasy football teams? We're getting close. We're getting about the time, I guess, where most most people are starting their drafts, huh? Yes, we are definitely in the heart of draft season. And uh, I realize that it can be hard uh, to watch a lot of preseason football. But this is the week you want to try to watch a lot of preseason football because this is always the dress rehearsal week. The starters for most teams are going to play at least a half, maybe even into the third quarter. This is oftentimes where the final fantasy pecking order can be set. So definitely uh, my overall advice is try to check out some football. There's going to be several games on national television. Uh, Fox, CBS, NBC will all have games. Of course, there'll be local games and regions and everything. Just try to check out some football because you might just see some players that impress you enough that you'll want to draft them 
and it could pay dividends for you. That's Andy Riar, a fantasy guru. He comes at us weekly during the NFL season. Good to have him aboard. And, and don't forget uh, my co-host, Brian Patterson, who uh, is all for this one, but he's got you covered on houseofhouston.com. It's the place to go for Rockets, Astros, Texans, everything going on in Houston sports. Over on my Houston Sports Talk podcast, I uh, threw it around a little bit with Greg Lucas, the longtime Astros broadcaster. We had a lot of Astros, Astros conversation and uh, go check that one out. Uh, as usual, that show you can find on iTunes, the Google Podcast app, most of anywhere you're going to listen to your favorite podcast. That's all we got for this Locked On Texans. We're getting a little bit closer to that big final, uh, well, final dress rehearsal for most of the starters anyway, preseason game. Uh, looking forward to that. And Kiki QT is back. Thank goodness that should be fun. Hopefully, we get to see him this week. As always, though, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, oh, oh.